If I want to like watch YouTube and do stuff like that as a normal um, Troy human being <laughs> kind of thing, like I can do that with the with uh, with my normal account, which is my normal Google account. And then if I want to do like troyhunt.com stuff, I do that differently. If I want to like watch oh, YouTube and do stuff like yep. that. Now I'm talking back to myself. <laughs> let, let you me love just, the sound of your own voice so much. Let Troy. me just mute that right now, and then yeah. I. Oh, jeez, it's my first day. Five years later, I'm still going to get this right. <sighs> Maybe we should know how to do this by now. Now I should be. Uh, I should be live at the moment, but see, yeah, we'll find. Warns me. I got like a big pop up. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Saying like you know. Warning, this <laughs> this is being streamed live on the interwebs. No, it's not made for kids. So where's Burton? <laughs> Why isn't Burton there? Burton's always, oh, oh someone's no. in first. Wow. He's lost. Neil Caldwell. He's lost his touch. <laughs> He's lost. I'm going to ask for my stickers back now. Uh, okay, I'm going to uh, copy the link. Why is that? I always find it's, it's just like a little bit, behind as well in terms of telling us uh oh no there we go concurrent view oh yeah oh that's working now oh now there's people all right good we made it work and i don't want to figure out how to use i did one with um with lars recently using Streamyard, and it was really like it actually looked professional because he had like intro music and things and then he had it both together on the same front because you know the way it is with you and i with like zoom just broadcast yeah. yeah just just flips so no one can see you right now because i'm talking and then you talk Hi. And now everyone oh, else is you. Yeah, yeah the YouTube probably. live behind it, isn't it? It's uh, probably. I'm All right. So, at the live stream. It's still you just waffling on. Is it? <laughs> Sounds about right. Let me, uh, before we descend into the anarchy of the next hour ish, I got a sponsor first. So I got a brand new sponsor this week, actually. Boxcryptor, cloud security, free end-to-end encryption with files. Check out seamless encryption solution made in Germany! Exclamation mark. And I, oh no, I like I, I like that. I like the fact that people are very proud. Germans, Australians. I don't think you're really that proud in England when you do England things. Have you yeah. seen my tweet about our prime minister yesterday? No, really. Hang on a second. Back to the sponsor. <laughs> let's let's not go, go too far off, off track to see. Uh, accept all cookies. Yep. Uh, so uh, Boxcryptor is a brand new sponsor today. You can create a free account. So, uh, it, you know, actually one of the things, and, and just for everyone's reference, this is extremely unscripted. I, I have enough bullet points to count with my hand over here. But uh, sponsors were one of the one of the key reasons why I started doing these videos because you know this is the five year anniversary, so I probably should do some reflective stuff. But being able to give some sponsors some airtime that I know that they're going to get every week, so that they can help me do what I do, and I know you mate, you have the same um, sort of sort of thing where sponsors are very important because we don't have real jobs, <laughs> so we we do rely on that a little bit. Uh, so it does help when you click on the Boxcryptor link and you go and you install it and give it a go and, and just buy as much of it as possible and tell them I sent you. That would be really good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, so for folks joining, uh, again, like we don't have much for Scriptor. I have a few bullet points just because when Scott and I have tended to do these, when we've made them a little bit, uh, is edgy the right word, mate? Edgy? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> just the byproduct of the unscriptedness, I think. 
especially calling out the stupid, it does seem to resonate. But we, we can both see the comments and the engagement's good. And it's nice to see people like Stefan there. So thank you, Stefan. I owe you an email, Stefan. I know it's on my list. <laughs> I'm working on it. Uh, as I've said publicly before, Stefan is is making a massive difference to, to helping us get the passwords from the FBI to give them to everybody else. And that, that is getting much, much, much closer now. Very, very close. Um, and I can say that publicly because everything's open source. You can go and view the repo, which is kind of cool. So that's good. If you are joining it and you have questions for Scott or myself, just drop them into the chat because we're keeping an eye on things. Scott can see you there. Uh, if you're too much of a pain in the backside, either Scott or I will remove you because Scott has the power <laughs> as well. Oh, Charlotte yeah. was like, should she join in, you know, like remotely well, from downstairs, <laughs> remotely to remove Feel the bun hammer <laughs> from the shadows. <sighs> So actually, you asked before, and, and and this is absolutely unscripted. You asked why she wasn't here, and what was it? Mm. So oh, I, I tweeted. I, I don't know. I tweeted before saying um, earlier today that you know Charlotte might make a guest appearance as well. That was before we both went to the skin clinic. <laughs> so, so this was. Um, so I, I have a couple of like little. I don't know, are they moles or, you know, things which have kind of like they're really, really minor. Anyway, we went on a skin clinic a few months ago and they go, oh, we just got lasers. Like we'll just laser that and it will disappear. And they lasered it. <laughs> That's a great start to a story. They have lasers. They lasered it a little bit uh, a couple of months ago and maybe it was a really small change. So today they're like, oh, we'll just, like, we'll just laser it a little bit more. And, and I mean, you, now that I've pointed out, of course, everyone might be able to start looking at the freaking mole on my eyebrow here and a couple here on my nose while you're looking at it and that was cool and then charlotte had had um some acne from childhood you know on, on the sides of her face where most of us tend to have acne and they lasered her real good it's like <laughs> you Such and i've been to way down south right remember way down south what do they do there yep, yep. yeah 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 barbecue right so anyway uh -oh. <laughs> So maybe just you and I will have a chat to her. Like she, she's fine, but it's like that's just just part of the process. And uh, like yeah, ultra the, sunburn or something. The, uh, the 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 price of beauty. So there we go. Oh. Wait, you paid, and that's the price of beauty. Oh yeah, we paid. Yeah, it's uh, it's a long term investment. It hasn't paid off yet. <laughs> oh, okay, today's today's exercise. All right. Anyway, so. Uh, moving on, this this is five years of, of videos. Uh, I, I don't have, kind of have a lot to say about that other than somehow miraculously I've managed to do one every single week <laughs> for five years. So where does that put us? Like you know, well over 260-something uh, videos. And you've been on a bunch of them, mate. Uh, a bunch mm. of them have been in different parts of the world. Some of them, uh, at least one of them, has been on an aeroplane. Uh, and as as uh, everyone knows, and, and you know better than just about everyone, uh, uh, like regardless of how messed up things were, every single week they've been done. And, you know, eventually I won't be able to do them all the time. I don't know how long it'll be. Maybe it'll be another five, oh, geez, maybe 50 years. Who knows? If I keep getting lasered, mate, I might last a lot longer. So, <laughs> But it has been a the really good one. aren't that good, dude. Come on. Out of all, in 50 years from now, they might be. We don't know. It's <laughs> You know, Moore's law, they're going to get that much better and that much more effective. And then there'll be like AI lasers running on the blockchain. And oh, yeah, dark blockchain, the upgraded version. <laughs> so it, it has been a good way of uh, of forcing me to keep, uh, keep a pattern. I've got a lot of stuff I want to write later on, uh, particularly on the soft skills side of things, because every time I write something there, it, it seems to have 
abnormally high degrees of engagement and traction. Uh, but I, I do think that having something like routine like this, particularly for people like you and I, where we don't have normal jobs, and I think at the moment for people that probably don't have routine in terms of, you know, you're not necessarily going to the office every day, but having something like yeah. this, which was just always a feature, has been good. Now, that said, I, I did have things on my list. Uh, we were going to talk about them, and I was going to give you a heads up, and then we didn't. No, yeah. I, was, uh, yeah. I always no, like it when you announce things that we're doing and don't tell me anything. That was when I went to get beer. And then I kind of forgot about the rest of it. It's like, hey, we have a planning meeting, but I need to get beer, so let's skip the planning. We'll just go live. But uh, I do do pick fun things. And, like, Mm. the first thing I had on here that I thought I'd I'd love to hear you retell the story, because you and I spoke a lot about this privately, and then there was stuff public, and then, you know, you're going to just have to find where the sweet spot is now. Tell us about the patent troll. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> I was wondering which thing you were going to pick. <laughs> oh, boy. There's so many options. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, oh, I think, so I'm going to link the, um, I'm going to link the blog post into the YouTube channel just for people that don't have the background on this. But some, uh, a couple of people came forward to me with a letter that they'd received in the UK from a UK company, basically insinuating that they were infringing on a pattern because they were using content security policy on their website or a particular feature in CSP and that they had to now pay a license. And, you know, this person sent it to me. They're like, hey, you know, we Googled CSP and it came up with you. (laughs) Like someone's going to sue us. And yeah, like the the letters and everything are linked to my blog. And I couldn't believe it that they were actually trying to lay claim to a feature of content security policy from some like super old patent, which is, you know, really traditional patent trolling behavior. So, well, boy, did that explode. <laughs> I don't think they were expecting the amount of traction this got. So I had to, you know, went through the EFF and got some legal advice and like, how do we respond to this? I'd never actually got one, um, which is a shame because then I would have just gone like full nuclear. But yeah, they, you know, <laughs> they, they backtracked and then apologized and then I sent you the uh, the comments that I got, and I think I've tweeted them now publicly um, so I can talk about them. But they were like, oh, you know, we're really grateful for Mr. Helm pointing out the flaws in our case and where we need to improve. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounds like round two's coming. <laughs> so, do, 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 Just to be clear, like what did you get the DMCA takedown for? Oh, so then, yeah. So this was, I think, just like what's the right word? Some kind of like vindictive kickback oh, of this where i've got a bunch of words but i have to probably change <laughs> writing this video <laughs> so yeah like i i um i posted um scans of the letters right it's like you're sending yeah. out these threat letters so i was like i scan them and put them online so that people can see you know the letter for themselves and then they went and started filing dmca takedowns against like various of my accounts because they're well, the DMCA takedowns were because I was breaching their copyright because, you know, it's like it's their letter and mm. I'm not allowed to post it online. And then I got a GDPR complaint because the letter contained the guy's signature and the signature is his personal biometric data. And he wanted me to take that down. So I just I keep getting like all of these really stupid legal things like DMCAs and GDPR takedown requests. And I was like... So this is just, really good just, just for fun, I just texted the, uh, the the tweet that has his signature in it. Uh, that's, it's very important that nobody RTs this because if, if you spread his personal biometric data, you might get a letter. Don't RT the link I there just it is. Let's have a look. What is in it? 
Uh, it's your tweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, so this is an even more fun one. Like the specific one you called out is he, I mean, like all companies in the UK, we have to file certain legal documents with the government every year about our company registration and all the details. And they all have his signature on <laughs> and they're all public <laughs> records. So I was like, okay, um, maybe don't sign things and post them publicly if you don't want your signature floating around on the interwebs. So, it's, so Stephen, yeah, this is, uh, Stephen thinks that patent troll dude and Nomics dude should just basically get a room together. <gasps> Wow, I've not heard Nomex for a long oh, time. I know, I know. Let's let's not delve into that. Just Google Scott's name and end. <laughs> There's a slippery slope. As in, as in no mail records. That's um, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, so so Brendan had a question. Question for Charlotte, uh, who is who is predisposed at present. How are you handling running Windows on? I, I see I copied and pasted. It's not weird. On DM that no. Okay, I, I literally copied the text which said DM. Okay, how Charlotte handling running Windows? I'm doing really well with it. Thank you. It's um, I, I'm much happier that Charlotte is now running Windows. The, the, in fairness, that the one valid point she makes, and this is not a Mac versus Windows thing, but she has a a Norwegian keyboard on her Mac, which has the the U R E. What do I bing? Well, whatever you know, like the other key, the other keys that aren't on like a, a normal British or American keyboard. Uh, so, so she misses that a little bit, but she just basically rolls back to the Mac when she wants to speak to Norwegian people or she uses one of her iOS devices and there's obviously digital keyboards and you can kind of flick, flick between them. But no, look, I, I, I think it's running pretty well. It's nice that we can, and again, it's not necessarily a Mac and PC thing, but she can sit down here and use my keyboard and my mouse, which is like these ergonomic jobs that are, you know, feel really, really weird to anyone not used to them. And it, it feels normal to her and I can go and use her stuff. And then we went away earlier on in, in the week because we we're doing some wedding planning stuff and I forgot the charger for my laptop, but she has a charger that's exactly the same because their laptop's the same. And it's just like, this is, this just feels like harmony, Like this is love having the same. <laughs> you know, Wouldn't it be good if they were all just powered by like USB-C or something, mm. right? Like I'm not sure I is- can actually push enough power out for some of these ThinkPads. Um, I don't know, someone's going to correct me and tell me that, I'm wrong. You should be able to like slow down the rate of disk because I used to have that on my MacBook. Like I could draw more power than the charger could deliver, so your battery would go down like one percent every ten minutes or something. Yeah, if you were doing too much stuff. But yeah, there is some uh, there is some value to this whole idea of universal chargers. Oh, totally. I I can't wait until iPhones get rid of this bloody lightning thing. We can just go to USB C. It's not happening with the 13. I ordered my 13. Actually, in fact, we we ordered a couple of 13s. Um, Same. Yeah. But when's your delivery? Oh, it's like four to five weeks. It was, it was quite a while, yeah. actually. So, but, but also, we ordered Macs. Um, haven't had Macs for a while, but we just thought, ah, we're doing so much photography stuff because there's so many awesome places in Australia to take photos. You can see you've got a different <laughs> problem. So many awesome places in Australia to take photos of. <laughs> see, I've never gone for the Macs. I find it, like I go into the Apple store and it's, it's just a bit too big for, for like normal use. When I'm doing like one-handed use, I'm just a bit like, you know, the Pro is, because I've got the, the 12 Pro now, it's just the right size. And when I held the 12 Pro Max, it was like, you know, when you're kind of like stretching across the screen with your thumb and you can't quite get there. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got the case. The case arrived. <laughs> oh, so mine did as well yesterday. So I've got all the accessories. Did you get, I got like the clear one again, but it's got the big, I don't like the big ring on the back Oh, of yeah, it. yeah. No, when, when Charlotte saw that too, because she has had uh, an 11 uh, and that did not have the, 
uh, MagSafe, but 12 did. So I'm used to it, but I've had the leather case, my old one. I won't do it again, but I showed this in a video last week. and It's a little bit hard to see, but basically the entire back of my phone is smashed. Like it's just glass and shit everywhere. And every time I take the cover off, <laughs> glass falls out. Um, and it's been in a cover 100% of the time, including when it was dropped. But clearly, particularly with the leather case, I think if it lands like right on a corner. So Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that'll be four to five weeks or something. But we are using it for so much photography stuff. It seemed to make sense. The cameras are just so good, aren't they? It's- oh, it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, Stefan's asking about whether Charlotte's tried Windows 11 yet. I haven't tried Windows 11 yet, mate. <laughs> I'm a busy guy, you know, like I've got a lot of stuff to do and I'm just in a, a bit of a phase where PCs and stuff are sort of utilitarian devices and it just needs to work. So I'm, I'm literally going to wait and pull it till I can pull down a final public build release, the same thing everyone else gets, and just hope that everything still works after. I need my computer to work too reliably to be a guinea yeah. pig for 11. Like I, I need to just turn it on and, and work. So I'll be waiting until all the kinks are ironed out, I think. So Brennan's got a reasonable question here. He says, further... Further question, how is Charlotte handling not being as deep in the Apple ecosystem anymore now that she's not in the Mac anymore? So I think what Apple does really well is sort of the integration story. So she misses being able to have things like all of her photos automatically available on the Mac and being able to to do like iMessage and FaceTime and things like that. So, you know, that's that's it's a scale, right? Like that is a deficit without a doubt. Uh, at, at least for the sort of thing that we do day in and day out. Um, and did we tell you, I don't know if we told everyone or, or told you, Scott, but she, she is literally the COO of Troy Hunt. This is now her title. She is COO. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, Troy Hunt, Proprietary Limited, which, oh, gee, I don't actually even own that, so please don't go and register that now. But, yeah, that uh, we're, we're, we're a Windows shop um, over here at Troy Hunt. So. <laughs> That means, particularly for a C-suite executive, all like me her, and the misses are on Windows. <laughs> we need to, uh, we need to have that. Um, all right, just looking here at the comments, uh, Anthony. USB-C can run hundred watt, and there are now versions that run two hundred and fifty watt. I don't even know how many watts this. Yeah, this you can definitely get like all laptops on on the USB-C now. Like it's I, look, I would, I would like that. The the kids Lenovo's. Uh, they've both got the Nova Yogas, are definitely USB-C, which is good. I'm not sure why this one isn't. Uh, we've got iPad Pros, USB-C, which is great. Yeah. But like, think of it between these two things, Lightning, USB-C, then proprietary. Proprietary. Lenovo yeah, that's the, I there. mean, is every work type, like, so in my house, on my desk, I have, like, a bundle of cables that come up, and then on the kitchen side, we have, like, a different bundle of cables, and we have to have micro USB in there for, like, battery banks and other GoPros and stuff and drones, and then yeah. we've got the wireless charging pads. They're pretty cool, actually. We have wireless charging pads all over the house, and that's really convenient. But I look, I look there's, like, six today charging cables. Oh, was, sorry? So, someone's trying to sell me a boat today that has them. It's like, ooh. Yes, I should upgrade so that I can wirelessly charge my phone whilst I'm out wakeboarding. That would be nice. Could you not just buy like a a pad and stick it in the Malibu? It is a Malibu, you're correct. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, it? yeah. No, yeah. but this was a better Malibu. Oh, because it has wireless charging pads, right? Uh, among other things, yeah. <laughs> Shiny Doc, I have a completely non-tech question. What waterproof sunscreen do you use that works for you? So actually, and I can't remember the brand, but I know exactly what it looks like. This is a very Australian thing. Uh 
I actually use a, a kid's one. I use an SPS 50, which you, you meant to use. It is a yellow bottle with a blue handle, and we, we must have 20 of them floating around the house. But uh, it, it, I find it doesn't, you know, like some sunscreens, for those of you from this part of the world, get really What does sunscreen of, do? What is um, it? It's, it's for people who are, who are really, really bright uh, hey. when they go out in the sun. And the mind sun. you, for all of us, because, you know, have you actually been here in summer or you've always been here on the periphery? Um, no, yeah, I've never, yeah, because summer is like what November, December, January for you, December, January, Feb, yeah, yeah, and then you know, give it like a month or so, no, yeah, back into uh, summer then because I think like yeah. April's the earliest I've been there, and I think you burned anyway, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's <laughs> the yellow the bottle and it, it just doesn't get like greasy or gluggy, and it's it's a spray bottle which is good and it just rubs in super, super easy. So I find that one really, really good, but it, it definitely says like for children and it works great. <laughs> so, yeah, good, good question. Not one I saw coming. Um, Stuart, uh, went to a max for the 12. I have tiny hands, but I won't go back. I don't have tiny hands. We'll just leave that there and move on. Um, Brendan, tempted to switch to iPhone purely because Google phone. You do get bought into the ecosystem. I think that's part of the problem, and I'm sure there are really good Google phones, Samsung phones, but you and I are pretty embedded now in that ecosystem, right, the Apple ecosystem. It's just so convenient. And we now have like an Apple One subscription and the fitness app and the subscriptions and like Apple TVs in all the rooms. It's just so, it's like, it's a little bit of money, but for so much convenience and so much integration, like it, it is, it is a good value proposition for sure. So let's, um, let's, let's move on. I had another thing on the list here and I had deliberately not spoken about this until now. I don't think I've spoken about it now because it's just, it, it's a sort of, the thing you want to discuss, drinking a beer, talking to you. <laughs> what, what I like about Uh-oh. when we live stream this, you and I will talk afterwards and for the most part it will be the same conversation with the same style. So for those of you wondering, there, there will be things that we don't necessarily want recorded, so we will turn this off and we'll, you know, we'll go elsewhere. But it's basically the same discussion. Um, how much of your... Security posture normally involves praying for good security. <laughs> I mean, all of it. <laughs> Wait a minute, where's this going? <laughs> so this is going to the Epic data breach. So this is E P I K Epic. Did you see this oh, one? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Crikey. So uh, it, I, I'm sure I'd heard the name before, but I didn't really know who Epic was. Now. For the most part, and, and, and I, I almost feel like the press has possibly been a bit disingenuous here, but let's not take away the comedy value from it. Um, Epic, so epik.com, solutions for digital empowerment, which apparently is important. Uh, digital empowerment, so they're a domain registrar and they're a host. And the, the thing that they've become quite well known for is we're not on American time zone now, are we? All right, so let, let's be direct. They, uh, they're very known for their freedom of speech, which, which quite often in some areas of the US means that you can say whatever you want to say. So for many of the services which would have been booted off more mainstream uh, tech platforms, they go here. So there, there is a lot of right-wing stuff, uh, a lot of 
any more Nazi-orientated? I don't think there's just a kind of way of putting that, um, white supremacist kind of stuff. And, and when I say a lot, in, in, in fairness, I suspect that it is a small amount of their overall posture, but they are noteworthy for continuing to support this particular genre of service. So it turned out Anonymous wasn't real happy about this. We know it was Anonymous because they told <laughs> us they're Anonymous. <laughs> Anonymous little A or big A? It's still going. It wasn't clear. It wasn't clear. It depends on the press you read. Oh, oh you know, somewhere here I actually have the, the text. Oh, it'll be in one of the articles here. Like the, the text file from Anonymous, the Anonymous, talking about it. But um, so not, let, let's just keep trying to be serious about it. So Anonymous, broken in, they've stolen, haven't stolen, backed up. They've backed up 180 gigabytes <laughs> worth of data. We didn't lose our data. We just have unofficial backups. And this 180 gigabytes of data was, was the vast bulk of it was uh, MySQL backups, which of course was just all their data. And within there, I found about 15 million email addresses, including multiple email addresses of my own, both my old Hotmail address and then uh, an email address on troyhunt.com, which I use for managing domains because that's scraped a bunch of who is data and they say the who is data. But this is not really the point. That the point is is that their CEO is a guy called Rob Monster. Like not making it up. Like it's Mon- Mr. Monster. Mr. <laughs> okay, this is good. His uh, his Twitter account is uh, at Rob Monster, I believe, and he posted multiple videos. And this sort of speaks to the, uh, I guess, very kind of um, what do they say, square state style behavior in the US. Multiple videos where he's like praying for the hackers. And, you know, I'm going to, I'll just share the tweets because, oh. Yeah, I need to see this now. It's super, super bizarre. Um, Because one of these is he's like, the data is cursed. You need to get rid of the data. And he's like, oh, don't, don't get rid of it. It's like, well, hang on. Like, we need to know, is it cursed or not? Because if it's cursed, my response is obviously going to need to be different if it's not cursed. Well, you can't put that in, have I been pwned and presumably curse all the other data, right? Um, I do try to isolate my data for curse-related potential incidents. Ah, see, good security, like, you know, data segregation. And I think it's important to take a zero-trust approach to curses. You know, it's like one set could be cursed, let it not (laughs) extend the curse to the other set. And they are getting so much trouble. (laughs) Why stop now? Uh, So that was one. I'm going to put another one here in the the tweet. So the the other one I'm going to put in here is the one that's uh, in the tweet in the discussion thread. The other one has the curses. Uh, that's more talking about the curses. Uh, oh, no, here's this one. He's praying praying for better security. All right, there's the last one I put in there. And it's, I just feel that in the realm of uh, disclosure notices, incidentally, I mentioned the other day, I actually own the domain name, is my disclosure notice hot or not? And one day... I want to do something really useful with that. Um, but in, in the realm of like disclosure notices, I, I do feel that uh, praying for better security and saying that the data is cursed and don't touch it is, it, is maybe not impactful. Maybe that's what I'm saying. It's definitely okay, a no, new you, strategy. You, you dig the hole a bit deeper. Go. <laughs> no way. Whoa, don't pull the pit on that grenade and throw it over here. I mean, you know, praying is a valid strategy and I pray all the time that I don't get hacked because I've missed something. But, you know, I don't think it's number one on the list of defense in depth. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, 
Now, related to that, there is, oh, you know, the other weird thing. He had like a, a, a prayer live stream related, I think related to the breach that people could join in. No, John in. Weave joined in. You know who Weave is? The name rings a bell, but I don't know why. Andrew Oronha. Oh, okay. Jeez. Oh, this is just going downhill really, really fast. Um, <laughs> We've slipped on the slope now. Let's just do it. Uh, all in. Okay. Let me just find an image. Uh, da, da, da. Uh-huh. Open a new tab. Um, on, on like a more serious note, like, Warning, it, it, it's not a nudity thing, but it is, it is very offensive to many people. Um, so with that warning, henceforth said, this is Weave. Now, this might take a little while to come from the live stream for some people, but you'll see that Weave has not always made the best life choices. And Weave rose to fame uh, many, many years ago by being known as the internet's worst troll. Scott, I'll, I'll drop it into our back channel messenger just in case it takes a little bit mm. longer to come through on the other one. But Holy you'll see moly. this. <laughs> yeah. right, there you go. So for, for people listening to this later on, he has a very large swastika on his uh, right side of his chest with something, uh, some imagery in it, which is probably much less important than the fact he has a giant freaking swastika on the right side of his chest. But he rose to fame uh, by being known as the internet's biggest troll. This must have been like a decade ago. And then he was in the InfoSec news because he found a vulnerability in at t which basically boiled down to insecure direct object reference. And I, I think the, the story went somewhere along the lines of uh, he wanted to make sure it wasn't an accident, so he requested the URL like another 150,000 times. Oh, that's why, I, yes. Oh, and from memory, it was like an iPhone registration endpoint or something to that effect. So anyway, as I say, he, uh, he, he literally wears his colours on his, well, on his chest in this case. So he joined into this live stream with, uh, with Rob Monster, which does tend to skew the audience, you know, towards one direction, um, which, was, which was, you would imagine Mr. Monster wasn't very happy about this. I can't believe I'm saying this. Wasn't very happy about <laughs> That's this. That's such a good either. sentence, isn't it? Because it does sort of put fuel on the fire of mainstream uh, press and tech companies basically saying you're a, you're a right-wing, white supremacist-loving hosting provider. Anywho, moving on. So one of the, uh, one of the accounts on here, there is a, a Twitter account called Epic Fail Snippet. And I'll, I'll drop this into the chat as well. And because that chat's obviously timed with our audio, which is a little bit delayed, Scott, I'll drop that into our back channel there. But it's really interesting because what this account is doing is just like picking the data apart, joining the dots. And, and this is what I think on a, on a more uh, less controversial, more serious note is really, really interesting about data breaches. It's like once you have the internal mechanisms of an entire system open and you start to pull the threads and join the dots, it's like, what do you find? And if you have a look at the pinned tweet, he, he sort of goes through uh, quote tweeting another tweet and, and, and effectively goes through and starts to figure out that a lot of the efforts that have gone towards anonymizing customers, once you had the underlying data structure, you could piece it all back together and figure out who was buying which domains and hosting which websites. So particularly for those who are trying to hide behind the veil of anonymity to run white supremacist services, this happens and now all your data is out there and now you know who's running what. All of this has made it hard for people to feel very sympathetic <laughs> towards their cause. 
So this is um, this is really interesting. But the sort of last thing on this, and then I'll I'll chuck over to you for some comments while I read some of the other questions here. Um, that I think one of the, the problems has been because they scraped so much who is data. And then I put that in Have I Been Pwned. After I ran a poll and asked whether I should, and 85% of people were like, yes, it should be in there because we want to know if our data's in there. Mm. There's this sort of implicit association, including for myself, because people scraped my Who Is records, saved my email address alongside the domain that it was associated with, went into their database, and they got it breached. I never got a notice. Like They never emailed me and said, hey, we, we are a... a Choose my words a bit more carefully. We are a site that favours free speech and we have a lot of sites that would like to have free speech and we saved your data and now your data is alongside Weaves. Anyway, that was that. I, th- I mean, that's going to hopefully be like a much lesser occurring thing, at least from the Who Is perspective now, because I don't think there's... Is there anywhere now that just discloses all the Who Is data? So, Wasn't so that I recently? I don't think there is. And I only appeared across uh, a couple of domains, um, somewhat strangely domains belonging to my ex-wife that I registered many, many years ago. And not, like I have about 100 domains at the moment. I think it's almost 100 domains. And none of the really interesting really? stuff is in there. God. Yeah, yeah. What's that? I've got like 20. <laughs> I thought really? I was a domain. I, I see them and register them and then never do anything with them. <laughs> I have so many different variations of scotthelmsucks.com. True story. Look it up. Uh, anyway, so, so I've got all these other domains. Um, I mentioned before, like, is my disclosure notice hot or not? The, the problem is I I get up and then like I'm in the shower or something like that and then I just have this, this good idea and I register it and then nothing ever happens. The other day I registered um, crashmeifyoucan.com and I was like, I wonder if I could build a website, put it on Cloudflare and just scale the bejesus out of it and then see if I can effectively get people to like DDoS the service. And I was like, I probably should speak to Matthew before I do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this will because be fine. Sounds like a great know. idea. Just do it. It'll probably be fine. Probably be fine. So uh, for the folks listening to the, the podcast later on as well, Ice Cross says, uh, if Troy's book gets made into a movie, Scott's part should be played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Time for He's new- basically my twin brother. I, you know, this is a pretty good point. Ice Cross needs a new monitor. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I've got my new camera. Everyone can see you just fine now. Yeah, you know, your focus still keeps coming in and out, though. Really? Yeah, yeah. You watch this back later on. Like your little flashy light things behind. You know, the oh. things like what my kids have in their room. So that keeps going into focus and <laughs> back out. Wait, I can fix this. Hang on. Um, so while you're fixing that, I'm going to read the other comments here. So Burton says, over the last five years of your life and career, as, uh, your life and career has changed considerably. You've been at Congress, visited CERN. Do you regret any part of them years? <sighs> <laughs> yeah, Troy. Uh, when you read my book, incidentally, getting very, very close to, to being able to push the book out, we are absolutely going to hit the holiday season, the, the lucrative, lucrative holiday season for the book. Um, in all seriousness, I've made the comment several times that, there, there are things in my life, uh, particularly over the last few years, that have been like super, super hard and super, super rough, but th- they are the things that have led us to where we are today or, or okay, led me in particular to where I am today. And f- for the most part, I look at my life today with, with a few notable exceptions, which will be transient, and it's like, yeah, like I absolutely love my life. And 
if a bunch of things hadn't happened that have been hard before, and let's say, for example, they have a been pwned M&A uh, sale thing, you know, that was massively painful, massively expensive, j- just draining in all sorts of ways. If I hadn't done that, I don't think I'd be as comfortable as, as where I am today with where the service sits. Uh, so, no, like, I, I, I don't regret that. And I think every time I look back and go, if I didn't do that thing, what would be different? It's almost like that little sliding doors argument. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie Sliding Doors. I think it was a Gwyneth Paltrow movie. It's probably like 15, 20 years old. But it's like she's walking in the subway and the subway is there and in, in one alternate reality she gets on the subway and in another alternate reality the door closes and she doesn't and then she meets someone and things happen completely differently and it is hard to imagine for the, for the most part wanting things in my life to be different today so you know it's, it's, it's a really interesting question Burton, but I, I think the book is going to help explain that go to https column forward slash forward slash book.troyhunt.com next uh <laughs> james how much of the four hour live stream prayer session with rob did you watch four hours was it man i've watched like two minutes and my head hurts crikey wow okay interesting uh stefan says again we're, we're back to rob monster i was reminded of his thoughts and prayers when i saw that oh crikey you're gonna get in trouble now um <laughs> Stefan, I, I hate it when I accidentally increment a number 150,000 times calling an input. So I've joked about this a lot of times, but there's, you know, Weave is one of the things that comes to mind. There was, there was another guy uh, in Australia, almost, it must have been about a decade ago, a guy called Patrick Webster, and he found a similar idol with uh, our colonial first state superannuation. Was it colonial? It was one of our superannuation uh, plans. Now, superannuation is like your retirement fund here in Australia. And like he basically just logged on to his his industry super fund and he saw a URL and there was a number and he's like, I wonder if, and he changed the number once and he saw someone else's data. And I, I think the the responsible people amongst us would go, okay, right, I, <laughs> yeah, that done, 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 done. Like, let's let them know this is not good. And then he did it like another 100,000 times just to make sure it was a mistake. Uh, and it's like I kind of joke about it a little bit, but it's as soon as you see one other person's data, like that's that's the threshold, right? Because if it's one other person, okay, insufficient access controls, you can report that, and then the company has to let one other person know. But imagine you do do it a hundred thousand times. Like, what position do you then put that organisation in? Because they now have to tell a hundred thousand people it's going to be in the news, and because it's going to be in the news, their lawyers are going to be involved, and possibly the police are going to be involved. So. Only plus in one. That situation though, should they notify everyone anyway, unless they have some really good access logs to prove that no one did that? I think the difference there is that that's then a, de- a decision that they have to make, as opposed to saying this person did do that, and then they chuck you under the bus, and then do something that they might have to do other. Like I'd rather them just do the notification thing anyway if they felt it was necessary, as opposed to like do that and throw you under the bus. Yeah. Ewan Taylor says, what advice do you have for students who are uh, just starting studying cybersecurity at university? Scott, are you more? Edu- you might be more educated than me. Should you answer that? I don't know. I think that's pretty. <laughs> um, I don't, like, I think, because I, I never got into cybersecurity through the academic approach and degrees and qualifications in cybersecurity are now a thing versus when I started and they weren't a thing. So it's really hard to comment on that because 
you know, like we're, we're now seeing in the UK, certainly anyway, when I was a consultant and a pen tester, like we saw the first generation of graduates from the first generation of cybersecurity degrees in the UK. So um, like the academic approach is completely unknown to me. Um, I think it's good that we have it, but I also think like with anything, there's not just the academic side of things, right? Like it's, there's a lot more um that i learned after my degree <laughs> out in the industry and in the field that's just as important so you know stay in tune with the industry follow the right people read blogs do your own research you know like i think that's a really cool um that's a really cool way of, of gaining additional knowledge but i never set out with the the kind of focus of saying like i'm going to go get into cybersecurity. i kind of fell into it so it's really i get the question all the time like you know what books did you read or what course did you do and i'm like um <laughs> i'm really not the person for career advice because it wasn't a focused career decision so i'm glad you and asked that because i just posted a link to a blog post of mine careers in security ethical hacking advice and where to get started <clears throat> which basically says just go and watch my ProSite courses but <laughs> in that's a convenient <laughs> A slightly, mind you, this is now almost five-year-old blog post, but on a slightly more serious note, I think the joy of this industry and the joy of technology in general is that it's very much a meritocracy. So if if you are able to do things that impress people, uh, 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 opportunities do emerge. So I I went to university, this is in the book, by the way, HTTPS column forward slash forward slash (laughs) book. Anyway, I went to university and then I dropped out when, when I think I had about 80% of the degree done. And like it, it kept me uh, entertained, engaged. It allowed me to go and do a lot of windsurfing uh, whilst I was at university and it sort of got me going on a track. But ultimately, I, I think particularly in this industry, it, it, it might help, help you find your direction. But there are so many other ways of doing it now that the very, very first blog post I ever wrote was about how online identities are, are smart career moves. Um, this is the, the first thing I actually talk about in, in the book. This is not a book sales pitch. It just keeps, I've spent all day editing stuff and it's, yeah, it's on my head. But my my view of it then, this was before I had any sort of uh, presence. And this was in um, September 2009. I, I said, look, I think having an online presence is, is valuable. Um, tweets part of it because you you know like me as an employer at the, at the time like i could go back and i could look and think oh this person's been tweeting a lot about you know uh next gen blockchain on ai arguments sake you know like i can start to figure out this this person has an interest and they've shown interest over time uh contributions to to uh public source code repositories i mean github's beautiful for that just being able to go through and say okay well what are people doing incidentally i learned the other day did you know you can do a 3d print model of your github contributions no oh. No, like right, the little so, green tile called now. Thing? So I had um you remember Damo, Damien Brady? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he works for I mean, GitHub now. He left Microsoft, thing. went to GitHub. So he came down the other day. Anyway, we started drinking beer, which is real good stories begin. And he <laughs> said all good stories. Um, oh, what is now? There is a subdomain. Someone's gonna figure out what it was before I can actually answer it here. A subdomain. Oh, here we go. Skyline.github.com. So if you go to Skyline github.com you can put in any username and it will take the uh, public api of uh, contributions you've made it'll turn it into an stl that you can then download and print so this is going to be one of my next things to do 
Probably yeah, this is pretty cool. That was not the right URL. Oh. Holy moly, that's loud. Oh, yeah, it also makes noise. Skyline. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Oops. Oh, here we go. Yep, I found it now. Uh, so if you go in there and, like, you can chuck in my username or uh, I'm just Troy Hunt or chuck in whoever you want, your own username would be even better, and it will go through. I'm going to mute that tab right now because I know what it's going to do. But anyway, the, the point is, like, going back to Ewan's question as well, like, how cool is it that you can have this online? It's not just that. It's like Stack Overflow as well. If you're involved in user groups, like, you have this ability to build up this really, really cool Public profile. What was I doing for like a third of 2020? Wasn't oh, actually. I know what I was doing. I wasn't writing code. But um, if you go back to, <laughs> if you look at the uh, the path in the URL, my 2019 I think was much better. I might print. Yeah, it I'm just switching now. through mine now. It's cool though, right? Yeah, that is. It's like I like the animation okay. and everything as well. That's really yeah, sweet. yeah. Yeah, my 2019 looks pretty good. It's like yeah, I look like I've actually been doing work, which is great. Um, but it'll only show public um, commits as well, though, right? Because it's no, but you can make your not your individual commits, but your like your commit frequency. You can make that visible publicly, even for private repos. Ah, I might so go there, turn that there on. There is a setting that can do that. Um, I if I already have that. So yeah, that that actually looks pretty cool. So as well as um, drinking a bunch of beer and going wakeboarding with Demo, <laughs> like we did this this was last weekend. All right, so um, moving on. Stuart Beard says, completely agree with you. Scott, it also depends on university. Mine pushed towards going into research after graduation, which wasn't something I wanted to do, fair enough. Brennan Webb says, question, how and why does Ari have the .au TLD for his website? All right, very very good memory, first of all, Brennan. So I have arihunt.com.au, and also for my daughter, I have alhunt.com.au. Now, first of all, the reason he doesn't have arihunt.com is that someone is domain squatting on it, which I find Ugh. to be all levels of shit. I've just checked it again. Not only are they domain squatting on it, but they, oh, Jesus, on GoDaddy to make it even worse. Uh, and they also don't have a, a search on it, of course, that's so served insecurely. Uh, he has .com.au because I'm Australian and I can get .com.au. That's that's the short answer. Um I think I couldn't even get like Ari Dash Hunt or something like that. But, you know, who knows? By the time he's old enough, he's just about to turn 12. By the time he's old enough for a domain name to actually matter, I, maybe he won't care. It's like, look, it's it's not on TikTok, so who cares? But, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why. Incidentally, I just got a, an email from Dean Simple a couple of weeks ago as well, who I still host all my things with after all these years. And they're like, so the Australian registrars are getting really strict. You've got to have like an Australian business number, which which I have several of, and you've got to associate that. And, you know, here we go. So, yes, that is why I have that. Um, Australia Strong says, imagine telling someone hundreds of years ago that someone can steal all your identity money if they know your password. How confusing. Yeah, yeah. 100 years from now, we'll probably not be able to envisage things that will happen then now. I oh, anyway, get what I mean. Scott, uh, government domains blog post. Government domains blog post? Oh, government the, um, you know yeah, you the open redirect one. So, I mean, this one was pretty interesting because, first of all, like I, mean, I get about a zillion spam emails a day and they go straight to junk and spam and I never see them. But when they make it to my inbox, I usually like to check them out and see how did they get to my inbox and, you know, 
I, if it's a phishing site, I'll report it to safe browsing to get it blocked. And that's mostly what happened in this particular story. But the reason it got through all the spam filters is there are um, government sites in the UK, and these attackers had obviously realized that they had open redirects on them. So, you know, like email filters are looking at the, the link, which is to a government website, and obviously, you know, like has good domain reputation or something. So it wasn't being filtered. But then you click on the link and hop through some redirects and like a, some bitly equivalent and then onwards to a full-blown phishing site. And it was a perfect ripoff of our national uh, mail carrier, Royal Mail here in the UK. And it was like a really good, like it was a really good phishing page. Uh, you know, here's like your tracking number and you need to pay like, you know, three pounds for the delivery fee. And I was just like, wow, this is really bad. And I, I obviously reported it to the the single government agency like local council as we call them here in the uk and um and then i was like hey i wonder if um they were like oh it's our you know our web provider's fault not ours we don't build the website and then i realized it was basically just a reskinned application across a whole bunch more like local council websites so i spoke to the company in question it's always really hard to get through to um, you know, the right department when you're some like random guy on the internet calling up saying you have security issues. <laughs> but when I did get through to them, they were really good. Um, they had it patched up in, in no time, but the, <laughs> I didn't want to make a big fuss of it. Cause it's like air quote only an open redirect. And a lot of people don't rate those as particularly serious threats, but it was obviously being used very well in this phishing campaign to get through email filters and you know, they dropped the email campaign. Like I got it on a couple of my emails on like late on a Friday afternoon on a bank holiday weekend, like a public holiday weekend here in the UK. So everybody was going to be off work for three days as well. And there's a few different things in this that just made it like quite dangerous. Mm. So yeah, I went through like the whole responsible disclosure thing. Um, and it's still just as hard as it was like five years ago. I don't know if you're seeing much difference there but it's it is still surprisingly well, difficult it, it's funny i had someone privately um rep- I, I think they privately dm'd me a public tweet about a similar thing with Qantas, and they sort of said look i don't actually expect you to do anything about it and, and from memory in in the i was top 10 of like 2010 open redirects were like number 10 on the list and then eventually they just dropped it because they're like man everyone does it <laughs> it's not major but to their credit Qantas actually fixed it really really quickly so it's definitely still a thing, but I think it um, it has actually improved a lot too. It's the reputation damage that got the traction on this one as well, particularly. Like, I don't think they were, you know, the the overriding sentiment that I felt when, you know, my interpretation is they were like, oh, this could make us look bad, so we need to fix it. And it's mm. like, eh. mm. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just like, whatever gets this fixed, I don't care. But it was yeah. interesting to observe that yeah. it, it seemed to be the perceived reputation damage of having something being used in an active phishing campaign um that was the motivator to fix this so hey a couple of other questions before we we move on and then start to wrap up so burton said have you made a 3d printed brackets to fix the monitors together so for a while there i was because i got the three monitors here i was thinking about like making a bracket to fix them together short answer is no but the, the main reason is is that i'm redoing this office at the moment and i want to get the, uh, the center monitor mounted on the wall. In fact, I want to get all the monitors mounted on the wall because what I want to ultimately get rid of is like if I bump my desk and you watch the camera, you know, and stuff like wobbles. So I want to get the monitors mounted on the wall, I want to get the camera mounted on the wall, and then I can like lean on the desk and everything. It's fine. But I, I think when I do that, there'll be much less play. The, the bracket that I've found for the monitor 
pretty much is, is, is like that, that thick. Um, for folks listening to this, I am visually indicating several centimetres. If you're in another part of like, the world, oh, it's like a fraction of an inch. So anyway, <laughs> um, I'm hoping that that takes a lot of play out. As, uh, Stefan's got a question here, and uh, uh, you can answer this first, Scott. Do I? Oh, no. Do I have to send you a 3D printer bill as well? No, that was all the one I was thinking of. All right, I'll read this. Do I have to send you a bill for 3D printer now as well with all the Unify Home Assistant now 3D printing stuff? I'll go broke before I know it. Uh, no, you don't have to send us a bill. Good luck. Keep spending. <laughs> the question I was, <laughs> I was thinking of is he says, what does a typical day look like for you, Troy Hunt and Scott Helm? Early rises, early late to bed, regular exercise. You first. <sighs> Wow. I mean, I think the short answer is, is there isn't a typical day. Um, you know, like I, I split my time between like a, a large portion goes on to report your eye doing like R and D working with customers. Um, I do a couple of other side gigs, um, some which I can't talk about publicly that I spend a lot of consultancy time on. Um, I run obviously security headers. I write my blog, in terms of like the early rise or late to bed, yes and yes. Um, like I have uh, clients in other time zones, which, you know, like for example, all this week I've been working with an American company training. So I've been, uh, that's like 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. local. So um, I time zone shift a lot, like from one week to the next. When I'm doing APAC work, I'm up, you know, really, really early. Um, exercise is my downfall. Like I really need to, I just spend so much time sat at my desk and I exercise is like the one thing um, that I need to do more of. Uh, You've got the watch. Just, do you record it? Yeah. Yeah. So I have, um, you know, like all the basic goals in there and I've kind of set them just so that they're, my goals are more like to make sure I do something rather than yeah. achieve like a really high level. So my exercise and stand, you know, my exercise goals like 30 minutes a day which it should be more, but that's just to make sure I do at least 30 minutes a day. Do, do Otherwise, you like I do not. just strap it onto the dog? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then pick it up the arse <laughs> and make it run around the garden. <laughs> um, but no, it's like basically, but, you know, walking the dogs is pretty much how I get my exercise every day, and that's the kind of minimum commitment that I make. And I need to do a lot more than that, but it's, it's always a time argument, right? Yeah. Like I'm always... As an independent, you're like, well, if I can do like this extra hour now, then I don't have to do it tomorrow and I can do a different hour. <laughs> Without trying to like deliberately sound derogatory towards English people as well, there is a very big difference between living in, in your environment and this environment where here you're constantly being invited outdoors. It's like, come out. It's so nice. <laughs> Go for and, it, and it's literally like <laughs> raining heavily outside right now. This is usually the case. So. Somehow I knew that. Yeah. Uh, Can you not see the sun beaming in through this window onto my face? Like nope, no, nope, nope, that's not that. <laughs> that's just my studio light. Okay, so do you want to see how miserable it looks? Let me turn off my studio lights. You ready? Boop. There you go. <laughs> Might fix your this focus. Is... We have to talk about your focus later on. Is it? Yeah. It's just because I'm messing around with the lines. Did it? Did changing this light to static not help? Uh, no, 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 but I'll, I'll tell you about it afterwards. Okay. We'll have a chat after this and, and debrief. Um, <laughs> so if I took a shot at, at Stefan's question, so I'm, I'm definitely early, but it's, like it's kind of funny here, and I, I think you, you end up being very much a factor of your environment where 
a combination of factors here. So we don't have daylight saving in this state, which is super, super weird because if we go 30K that way, they've got daylight saving. So for half the year when it's, let's say, for argument's sake, it's you know 7 a.m. down there when they might get up at 6 a.m. here. So if we get up at 6 a.m. in the morning, it's the same as the folks just over the road getting up at 7 a.m. So there's that. And then the second thing is, as Scott's seen, and, um, and, and Stefan, hopefully you'll come and see sometime, mate, is uh, it, it's a very, very lifestyle-orientated environment, and people just tend to be up and about very early. So the, the cafes here open at about 5.30. If you go down at 5.30 in the morning, there'll be a bunch of people down there. You know, they've been out walking their dog or something like that, and they're having breakfast. So we start very early. But I've, I really often end up going to bed at about 8.30 at night. 8.30, 9 o'clock, something like that. Um, and I, I'm generally pretty good at getting sleep. Exercise here has been really good. I was just, because now we have all of the data, <laughs> I popped open my um, my my phone. Says for the last, fitness apps. For the last year, I have averaged 84 minutes a day of exercise, which is good. So I'm, I'm happy with that. In fact, it's dropped a little bit. I, for the last year, is 84 minutes. For the last three months, for some reason, it's only 78 minutes. So we'll see what's going on there. Um, but, yeah, and then my move, what am I doing? I'm burning uh, just over 4,000 kilojoules a day. I don't know what that is in a calorie, but anyway. So, yeah, we like we do we do pretty good on that front. But, again, it's like it, it's, it's not just a, a – the climate that's really inviting it's the things that we can do because we can we'll go for a walk so very often charlotte and i go for a walk uh early in the morning particularly when the kids aren't here where we'll we'll sort of walk down to the coffee shop we'll grab a coffee and and some breakfast we'll walk to the beach we'll walk home and there's like four and a bit kilometers and then you're home by 8 a.m or something which is good we go for a bike ride so yesterday i, I think i mentioned we went for a must have been 16, 17K for a bike ride, which is only like 45 minutes, but it's super, super easy. Or we'll go wakeboarding. We, we play a heap of tennis. But, it, again, it's like an environment that just really invites you to do that. And a lot of people here are just very, very active folks. Uh, Stuart says, Troy Hunt, you should challenge Scott Helm for a week on the watch. Um, I just don't have, like, <laughs> the activities that I would like to have available, right? Like, it's... You know, apart from walking and running, I mean, and I guess I could bicycle anywhere I could walk, but like, there's not an activity to do. Like, I'd love to have an activity rather than just going out and walking for the sake of fitness. It's, um, I'm not a very sporty person either. Although I go out a lot on the boogie and do like off-roading and stuff like that. That's really physically demanding. That's a sport. That's driving a car. <laughs> yeah, where you're like hanging on for dear life while it's being bounced around inside a roll cage. I know, but like, unless you're like Lewis Hamilton kind of driving a car, you know, this is come I on. I mean, I'm basically there. Come on. Like, this is almost my level of. <laughs> so uh, we, we, we're getting very close to the hour. We, we sort of keep it to about an hour. So the, the last thing I had here, and I just find this is just like an absolute zinger of I, I still do not understand how this happened. I'm dropping it into the the youtube chat window and i'm dropping it into the back channel for scott but this is uh mcdonald's monopoly now this was a couple of weeks ago but somehow and i I will speculate in a moment about how i think this happened but somehow they managed to send a mass mail with multiple connection strings right at the top of the mail it's like literally 
data source, the entire, and, and in this tweet, I did obfuscate it. I, I do have the unobfuscated version, which someone sent me originally. But it's like the entire host name in the initial catalog, the username, the password. I left enough of the password visible to demonstrate that their dev environment has exactly the same password as their prod environment. Not a good move. Uh, how, all right, Scott, how do you re- How does this happen? I, I mean, I've, I looked at this and I... <laughs> I can take some guesses, but none of them are uh, what I would ever hope would be the logical answer for how... Occam's razor, the most likely explanation. (laughs) Which is the... Well, I think Occam's razor is is the the simplest explanation is most likely to be true. But, I mean, I can't think of a, a simple explanation. Like, how do you arrive in the situation where the thing building and sending the email... Has access you know, to. I reckon it's debug. I, I think at some point someone was like, for whatever reason, we need to know what the connection string is. We're going to debug this, and then they're like, right, then, click deploy. <laughs> now, I guess like know. I'm stuck in my mindset of how we do this, and I'm thinking uh, and like on report your eye because we send lots of emails, and, and just trying to think like how do you ever get to the point where <laughs> you're passing this information to the class that builds and sends the emails, and I just I can't get there in my head. <clears throat> It is so bizarre. The, the, the funny, like I, um, the, the tweet that this image is attached to, I, uh, I said, um, <laughs> never trust a clown to secure connection strings. A lot of people like that. But then it was quite funny because, of course, it got picked up in the press and there was just a lot of press about, like, clowns and security. It's like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's, a, well, that's a fun day. That's a, like, no one really got hurt out of this. I think their production environment, that uh, their production DB was not publicly facing the staging one got shut down very quickly and didn't have anything sensitive in. So, you know, if, if that's the case, then kudos to them for not backing up production into staging or <laughs> dev as it may have been. Don't use production data in test. So um, question here from Brendan. Speaking of earthquakes, well, I'm not quite sure how we're on earthquakes. Anyway, did Victoria's earthquake news end up reaching the UK? So did you hear about the earthquake, Scott? Dude, like in our country, we're running out of petrol. We're running out of natural gas to heat our homes. The supermarket shelves are empty. No, there's no sunlight. Prime Minister is the biggest idiot in the world. So no, oh, we didn't hear about hey, an earthquake hey, in Australia. Hey. <laughs> hey, Trump isn't the ruler of America anymore. We now win. In oh, we, got our a, leader we got a guy. Idiot. We got a guy. <laughs> it's um so yeah no like on, like have you seen the news from the uk at the minute we're literally in some kind of like crisis situation the news is just riddled with stories of like search the uk news like petrol stations closing because they've run out of petrol people like we've lost like six yeah. gas companies six utility companies because they've all gone rid bumped. of the cookie warnings right so that's that's yes now talking about important things like <laughs> It's um yeah, it's just like it's really bizarre over here at the minute. We're um yeah, we're not we're not getting much international news because everything in our country is falling to bits. So the the earth you know, the first thing I knew about the earthquake was I saw Lars tweet something. He's like, Earthquake, I will rebuild, and a horseshoe had fallen off his wall onto the floor. <laughs> I saw that actually, yeah. But the thing I was looking at is like, why do you have a horseshoe on your wall? Like <laughs> it's a big, heavy, hard thing to fall and hit you. Seems like a risk. Ah, for- I could speculate, but I won't. I won't. So um, some stuff fell over, apparently. Uh, unfortunately, none of the COVID protesters got sucked into a big crevice in the earth. Um, have you? I don't know if you've seen this. <laughs> I keep having people tweet this to me. And they're like, 
why are you all so mean down there? Where it's like there's this really, really small percentage of protesters who um, are claiming to be from the CFMEU, which is like the construction workers. Um, uh, for, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? What do the company have? What did the Amazon keep trying to bust? Uh, union. Um, <laughs> we got there. So from the uh, construction workers' union where th- there's just all these protests against things like mandatory vaccination, and it turns out a bunch of them aren't from the construction workers' union anyway. There's just like <laughs> there's all these photos. It's like why do you think these construction workers' high-vis vests are so clean? <laughs> they always get a fresh one out of the packet and a clean hard hat. I know, well, right? I know. Funny you should ask. And Why are their hands so soft? Uh, anyway, so um, there's been a just obviously just anti-vaxxers protesting uh, and then, of course, right police doing what right police do and then some of them have rubber bullets and stuff like this and then that's on the press and uh Honestly, like the general sentiment here is no one is very, very sympathetic uh, to that sort of behaviour, particularly when the other day they're they like protesting on top of a war memorial. And, and Australia, I'm sure it's very similar in the UK, but it's like defacing war memorials is like just all of the sympathy disappears really, really, really quickly. Yeah, it's just a scummy move, isn't it? Anyway, on that light note, um, well, it got better. We got off weave. <laughs> so, <awesome. laughs> I just sent those links in the chat for like our three recent headlines about uh, running out of everything. That was a positive thing. So, look, we we have just passed that hour, so I think we're going to try and, and wrap it up here. But um, thanks for, for folks for joining. Uh, same time, same place, five years from now. Yeah, mum. Hopefully, we'll <laughs> still be here. Hopefully, hopefully. All right, folks. Well, thanks for watching. We're going to end it there, and we'll see you next time. And, and Scott, I'm going to.